Welcome to episode 20 of The Fellowship. This is the Nation Desert Classic recap episode. We're going to do our best to make this podcast inclusive and applicable to anyone and everyone, especially those that weren't at the tournament. But it's a bit of an inside podcast, so if you were there, you're really going to enjoy it. If you weren't there, you're going to be very motivated to be there next year. I'd like to welcome in my resident guest and the brains behind the 14-year running Nation Desert Classic, Ryan Angle. I think they did. Or you can edit some in, Patrick. Patrick Hardy is here. We'll do that in post. We'll do it in post. Patrick Hardy is here. He came out with us to the desert. And Adam Hawk threw his back out. Well, I didn't throw mine out. You threw Patrick's out. But that needs some context because that sounds a little weird. Truth be told, Adam and... uh, Patrick spent the whole day together, so you guys can use your imagination. Okay, well, no, I'm going <laughs> to prevent them from using their imagination. I was driving around a golf cart as Patrick was taking pictures. I misjudged a curb, bottomed it out, and now Patrick limped in here using a golf club as a cane. True story. Adam Hawk, truth be told, top three worst drivers of any moving vehicle I've ever seen in my life. And I'm not here to debate that. My wife would agree with you. Anyone that's been in the car would agree with you. I have this odd, weird, misguided feeling in my head that I am one of the best drivers ever. Yeah. It's it's odd. I really do feel like I'm one of the best ever. I feel like that carries over in a lot of things in your life. Yes. Let's take this from the top because we are going to recap here and we do want to talk about what happened this past weekend, May 6th, May 7th, Nation Desert Classic. Uh, For the first time ever, this tournament had a draft and a draft party attached to it, meaning that 30 team captains selected three players to round out the foursome. Uh, What made you want to do the draft? Well, um, historically, that's how my grandfather ran his tournament for 30 years. Um, It was, you you would enter as a single, um, it was always formal mail in invites, um, and uh, the invites came in the mail. Yes, yes. And uh, you would respond with your check, and you would write in if you were an A, B, C, or D player. The A, A players top were chosen as team captains. Then he did a player draft party, um, and at the time, I remember you know being younger and. Uh, a lot mentally in the golf space like most people view the game nowadays very self-centered mm-hmm. um, and thinking about score and swing and performance and your own experience rather than realizing that you don't play golf by yourself you play it with three other people and your experience should never negate those of, around you yes um and so i was similar in that right where it was you know every year i was like god why like I want to play with Uncle Bob, or I want to play with Dad, or I want to play with this. Fast forward, wow. You know, you, you mature a little bit. You look back. Hindsight's always twenty twenty, um, And I quickly learned how lucky I was to have met three different sets of my grandpa's friends for seven years in succession in the tournament. Yeah. Um, and... You know, when I first started the tournament, I, I started hours in my grandfather's honor um, younger than he was. And so the early years were, you know, figuring it out. We would rent the biggest and cheapest house we could, 
didn't matter how far away it was. And this, the shtick was sign up, crash at my place. Mm -hmm. So we had these unbelievable party pads, you know, and fast forward through the years, it's like now there's families with babies and wives and houses rented on the fairways, traditions. We stay out there all week, go to each other's houses for dinner and do cove runs. And, and it's really turned into what I've always dreamt it to be. Um, and we just finally got to this milestone and I thought, what better year to finally um, mature the audience and graduate into my grandfather's true system in celebrating his uh, 50th anniversary. So it was, uh, I, I felt like it went off great. Um, you know, trying to control a bunch of idiots in a, in a room, a ballroom. Yeah. Um, yelling and screaming. It was, it was really fun. Mm -hmm. um, I think everyone felt the energy and, and man, the, the overall feedback that was spoken to our faces yeah. was really well. Mm -hmm. um, people got to meet people. I, I've, I've exchanged texts and emails with a, a number of guys who have been doing the tournament for years and they're like sharing screenshots of texts with each other. Like I made a lifelong friend this weekend, yeah. you know? And uh, that's just that's just power, you know. That's the power of the fellowship, um, and that's our whole, you know, mantra and, and reasoning behind doing what we do. And uh, boy, we we sure celebrated it this weekend. Absolutely. So for those that don't know, uh, the tournament takes place at Indian Wells Country Club. Most of our core group is out on the coast. So it's about an hour and a half drive out there, which means people are staying. And for the first time ever with this draft party, it brought people into town and around each other one day early. And pardon me, the redundancy, I've made this analogy to you a few times, but it was almost like adding a rehearsal dinner to a wedding. Mm -hmm. And it became the ultimate <clears throat> icebreaker because we asked the players this year to do something we've never asked them to do, which is to enter as a single and get drafted to a team with people you potentially don't know, which is kind of a stressful endeavor. You're driving out, you're spending this money, you might be playing with people that you've never met before, that adds something to the golf game that can you know, be perceived as a negative, but we knew it was gonna be a positive, which is why we did it. When the time came Friday night, for everyone to come into the draft party, which was held in the Bob Hope and Dolores ballroom. Credit to you for locking that down for the tournament. Amazing coup that uh, you pulled off there. And thank you to Indian Wells for having us. Um, when we originally came up with the concept of the draft party, we anticipated that maybe half the field would come to it. <laughs> Almost every single player showed up to the draft. And it became, for lack of a better term, and not in a negative way, an absolute shit show because we had never put it on before. You were speaking over a PA, trying to talk over 120 people that were talking amongst themselves. It was a good problem to have because it wasn't a bunch of people hiding in the corner from each other. They were immediately mixing it up. We did something that could have been perceived as a little lame, but it actually turned out to be great. We put name tags on everybody. Mm -hmm. So everybody wore a name tag. They and didn't... boy, did that help me. Yeah, didn't it? It helped me too. Mm -hmm. All these people that have been talking to us on Instagram for a year, but we don't know their faces and they're great people and huge fans of the brand. And we knew their name and the team captains got to know their name. So my favorite part of the draft was as people were talking in the audience, the captain would come up after just having a conversation with one of them and draft that person because they had instantly hit it off and they're like hey i just spent two minutes with you i want to spend four hours with you tomorrow so mm -hmm. it was really special to watch those friendships start mm -hmm. right away on friday night mm -hmm. yeah um man i it went by so fast too mm -hmm. um 
One thing I'd like to implement uh, moving forward is um, we used to do like a Board of Governors dinner the Friday the night before. So I'd like to figure a way to kind of uh, shower those guys and especially our volunteers who help us so much during the tournament. Um, but that being said, what I really enjoyed the most this year was seeing how many more um, of the players brought a plus one. Mm. It was really cool seeing the wives, um, you know, dressing up a little bit, having some wine, chalking it up, seeing their fellow lads act like, you know, barbarians with their shirts tucked in. And uh, it just it just really added to the experience, in my opinion, um, and especially Saturday night's dinner. I mean, we, we sold a record plus ones this year. We filled up the entire ballroom. Um, it's, it's always nice to meet the woman behind the man. Yeah. Um, and get to know people as they really are rather than just, you know, the guy off his leash. You know? Right, right. So it yeah. was, it, that, I thought that was really cool. Um, just like everything and with the tournament in general, I always just beat myself up every year on how to make it better the next year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I can't wait to debrief on everything with everybody and go through and, and make the draft party even better next year. Yeah. That being said, um, Ammunition Whiskey sponsored our event. And our plan was to have equal parts whiskey for the draft party and the golf tournament the next day. I'm not a mathematician, but there was roughly 115 to 120 people at the draft party. We had... 20 bottles mm-hmm. of whiskey mm-hmm. and they were gone about three quarters of the way through the night yep that's incredible yeah for a number of reasons yes yep um there was a record number amount of low ball cocktail glasses broken yeah um which is why the staff uh went to plastic cups for saturday night right so and I had no quarrels with that. Yeah, on Friday um, we had glassware. On Saturday they downgraded us to plastic. I'm still trying to figure out how much whiskey was consumed per person. Yeah, well, um, it's tough. That's a tough one. But let's speak to that for a second. So we partnered with Ammunition. We spoke to them beforehand, and we said we need X amount of bottles. We're going to divvy up half for the draft, half for the day of, and then we need some for awards. When we had told them how much we needed... We had not yet calculated the RSVPs for the draft party. Huge mistake. Yeah. <laughs> That's mistake number one. Yeah. Mistake number two, we brought out every single bottle for the draft party. Mm-hmm. So, so far, two strikes against us. Yeah, yeah, If you put the room full of gold coins in, for, in front of Scrooge McDuck, yeah. he's going to go swimming. Yeah, and he takes you know them I mean? all. Yes, yeah. exactly. Well so. said. And But also a testament to ammunition. I don't think 20 bottles of Jim Beam are going to go like that. This is amazing whiskey. Oh, everybody spoke. I mean, they they were stunned at how good this stuff mm-hmm, was, mm-hmm. you know? And so they hit it hard. Yeah. They finished all the whiskey, and actually, oh, I'm so pissed that I don't remember who brought it, but someone brought like a gallon of Buffalo Trace mm-hmm. as a gift to you and I. I left it on the table because I was helping you with the draft. And I was leaving the party, and I was like, damn, I forgot that gift. I don't want to be the guy that leaves a gift behind. The person who gave it to me sees it. They think, wow, that really didn't matter to him. But you know, we've got a million things going yeah, through yeah. our mind. Yeah. So I pack up the kids. I'm leaving. I go, crap, i got to run in and go grab that. Empty. Well, I run in, and I'm looking for it. And I'm like, where is this? Where is this? And everyone just points right at Colin Emery. 
and Colin's sitting in the back of a golf cart just chugging from this giant bottle of whiskey and it's down to about that much. And he's like, hey, Hawk, you don't mind, do you? I'm like, no, have a good time, Colin. First guy who signed up for the tournament. Great. Colin, um, he, I, I've always loved Colin, but in recent years, especially um, very recently, mm -hmm. he has just like, not that he needed to, but he's matured into this character that is just so fun, happy-go-lucky, is ready to just go headfirst into a good time. Mm -hmm. And uh, he is just a true ambassador of, of the fellowship. Um, I leaned on him for a couple things this year um, on his opinion on some things, and he helped me. Uh, just signing up for the tournament early, being excited, being stoked to jump on the thing. It's like he he uh, he flew the flag, and uh, cheers to him on that. Mm. Major man of the year points he, he got this year. And besides that, He's a skateboarder, carpenter. He's got his own little things going. And he's, because, I'm not taking credit, but because of his years coming out for the tournament and, and where he's kind of channeled his direction as, as a grown man, he's fallen in love with the game. And he's mm. always playing, bringing his friends to go play random courses all the time. And for me, knowing that, you know, this tournament, my grandfather's legacy has given people a platform to fall in love with the game and yep. take it in their you know package it and take it and gift it to to their kind of web of friendships and and whatnot that's that's where i just really get stoked yeah you know mm -hmm. um the tournament's great the brand's cool i love i'm passionate about all of it but watching people fall in love with the game from that yeah. or maybe that helped push them further or however you want to chalk it up um, it's guys like Colin that, that really keep, keep me, uh, happy knowing I'm on the right path and we're doing something special for a lot of people. No doubt. So Friday, the draft party was a major success. Everyone loved it. It was loud. It was crazy. It was a shit show. There was so much whiskey consumed, but it was great. And then everyone goes home and they get ready for the next day. Now. They're kind of like the kids sleeping on Christmas morning and we're the parents that have to get up early and put the presents under the tree. So it's a totally different experience for everybody else than it is for you and I, and especially you. Uh, why don't you tell the people what Saturday morning entails? Because when you drive over the bridge to Indian Wells Country Club and you see a banner and you see one of the most elaborate tent setups ever and there are nation flags as you enter the club, that stuff doesn't get set up by accident. There were people out there in the 95 degree heat doing it. Why don't you walk people through what a Saturday morning is like setting up for this tournament the day of? It's stressful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there's so many moving parts and I've done it now for so long and I used to make itineraries for the team and, and you know job delegation you know checklists and, and stuff and now it's like I've done it so many times it's just it's all in my head yeah. you know I basically carry like a folded up piece of paper with some bullet points and I just shoot from the hip and uh, I think this is the last year I'm gonna do that yeah 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 <laughs> um, my father-in-law, Dave Manami, Katie Kai's dad, um, he is a handy guy and really smart mm -hmm. when it comes to stuff like that. Um, and we all went to dinner as a family uh, Sunday night, and it was nice talking to him about stuff and and how things because he helped enormously with the tent and everything, and just from the the, the like simple stuff like 
we needed more, you know, dikes. Uh, we needed more zip ties. We needed more personnel. Like, you know, things that would have helped set the thing up. And, you know, my brother and I setting up the whole things. And this year I really relied on staff at the club a lot more than, than mm. recent years. And I, ju I just tipped them up front and said, hey, look, I'm going to ask a lot from you today. Yeah. And I just want you to know I really appreciate that. And Eric at, and Jerome at the cart barn, I had them run into the house running errands, mm. going out to the course. Paul Cox, I can't say enough about Paul Cox. He's the best director of golf I have ever worked with at any course that we've had events at. Um, and then all the way down to the wives and the gals running the check-in. It's just, it's a freaking army. Yeah. You know, and, it is. and uh, I've, I used to carry that stress a lot longer. I've learned to find a way to release it and my brother and I got the last 10 up on six we came back to the house to change and I looked at him and I said let's make a cocktail real quick mm -hmm. I don't even know what time it was it might have been eight in the morning <laughs> we've been up since 5 30 yep and uh I said let's make a cocktail and let's jump in the pool nice you know and we jumped in the pool and we just sat we just took 10 yeah you know arms on the ledge drank our drink got our stuff on and I, I I felt like once I entered back in I was my best self yeah you know and and boy did I need that um, so I'm learning you know and and I I definitely need to keep improving on the back end and making the day go smoother um, but yeah it's a uh, it's it's a lot of work and it adds stress but I just love every second of it absolutely you were you born know? to do it you're very good at it you do have a great team shout out to uh, Matthew Shadbolt Shaddy. Oh, Shaddy. Shaddy and, and Craig Dunlap are pretty much the bronze, and, and Dave at Minami um, has stepped in. They're kind of like the, the three horsemen that, yeah. that tackled the, the, the setup. Um, and this was the first year that I didn't even touch one of the main tents, which was really hard for me. Mm -hmm. uh, but I took Sean out on the course, and we handled it. And my brother, my brother always runs around and does the course setup. Yeah. And, he likes doing it himself, although it could be done twice as fast with two people. Right. But it's like his little therapy, you know, to yeah. set up the tee markers. Um, some of them are on black tees. Some of them are on white tees. Um, he sets the course up, puts the signs up, and he loves doing it. And uh, it's just it's just amazing how it all happens with a grown man with no notes and ADHD running the show. Right, right, right. So <laughs> shout out to Shadbolt. Shout out to Craig. Your father-in-law, Dave, did a great job. Uh, Ryan Preston was there helping out. Mm -hmm. He did awesome. Um, I was there, and I'm not good with my hands. I'm not good with anything, so I just let people tell me what to do. I'll hold a banner up. Mm -hmm. I'll help set up tables. That stuff's easy, mm -hmm. um, but I'm there to provide an extra pair of hands. Someone had asked me at one point during setup to text you about something, like, hey, ask Ryan if he's got duct tape, and I responded, I wouldn't text Ryan Saturday morning the classic if my life depended on it. Yeah. I want nothing to do with yeah. the hell that I'm going to get back from this guy. I pretty much ignore every text, um, and I have to. Yeah. You know? Um, there's just too much going on. Yeah. And I was running errands. I was going to pick up extra beer at the store, and I had to call you and say they don't have Miller Lite. And yeah. I didn't even want to make that call. And at one point, I had to let you know, like, dude, we don't have any ammunition for photos tomorrow. This was kind of a big promise to a client. And I think your words were, I don't have time to deal with this shit, figure it out. And that's aptly put. It's mm -hmm. like asking the groom on the wedding day, you know, where do I park? Yeah. You know, just figure stuff out. So we got it set up. It looked great. And then this, there are so many highlights, but one of the best parts is when all of the players start to descend into check-in. Mm -hmm. 
and you've got 120 people dressed to the nines, carrying their bags, coming to check in, they're going through the classic gals, they're getting their program, they're getting their goodie bag, they're on the range, they're drinking beer, they're drinking cocktails, and that might be the best part of the day. The the check-in, it, it definitely has the most energy. Mm-hmm. Um, for a lot of people, just like my grandfather's tournaments, um, it's the one time a year a lot of those guys see each other. Yeah. Um, so it's it's got a very family reunion kind of vibe. Yep. And uh, you see a lot of bear hugs. You see a lot of hard handshakes, um, a lot of laughter. It's just the energy is incredible. And then we carry that over to the first tea ceremony. And you can just feel the buzz, you know? Yeah. And per tradition, um, once everyone goes off, I take the classic gals my brother and a couple of the helpers and we go inside and have lunch in the air conditioning <laughs> Yeah, because I need a f- big, a big come down. They might've just started their day, but you've been at it since five 30 yeah. in the morning. Yeah. And when lunchtime comes around, around one, I mean, we're talking about seven, eight hours where you haven't just taken a moment for yourself. So, so that's a big deal. They, they go out, their days just started. Your day is also just beginning, but it started a long time ago. And then it's really interesting because this year for me, I didn't play in it. I got to help co-host, which was just so much fun. Mm-hmm. Cruising around, saying hi to everybody, being kind of the glue of like, hey, I know all of you guys and you guys might not know each other. Mm-hmm. Let's just talk about some stuff to like loosen it up. How's yeah. everybody doing? What's up? That was really fun to do. So I had a great time. I was cruising around with Patrick. As mentioned, I flew off a curb, broke his back. He limped in here with a golf club cane. Things happen. Um, what are you going to do? But that was a lot of fun cruising around. I know you cruise around with Sean. What was this year like cruising around with uh, with your brother Sean and yeah. talking to people? Um, it was good. We probably cruised around a little less than recent years, um, and it was just sometimes it just works out that way. Um, but we 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 take the classic gals with us. We have a couple carts and we go and uh, we post it up on six for a little while. That's where we have our vintage blade challenge. Uh, got to see some groups go through, some great old friends, and we. Kind of went backwards for a little bit and tried to run into as many people as we can. Um, you know, I think back to, to the years where I used to just go around the whole time and see everybody. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because it gets to a point where it's like later in the day and it's like, all right, I need to get to the ballroom. I need to make some notes. We need to get the score tables ready. Um, you know, the, the job just keeps going. Yeah. You know? And then while everyone's breaking cocktail glasses out, man versus boob, and hanging out under the starlights, it's like I'm down putting the tents away right you know breaking everything down which is another huge topic of discussion and the debrief is a, a breakdown crew is what we need yeah um but yeah it's like it's a it's a it's a non-stop deal and man i can tell you one thing my younger years we used to all go out that night um i do not go out anymore mm. i hit the pillow hard mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know um there's there's like an 11 p.m crash landing and uh um can't wait for sunday morning to yeah. just relax and listen to the water trickle and the and the lawnmowers buzz, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I do want to go back to check in for a second and, and give another shout out to uh, Mark Warman from the Golfers Journal. Mm. He's been a guest on the Fellowship. Mark, uh, that under, was an emotional touch. It was. Mark, under our request, brought his trumpet. He played trumpet on our show before, and we asked him many months ago, "Could you play the national anthem at the opening tea ceremony for the classic?" He was so excited to be asked. And I'm sure you noticed this, but he had told me in private, I'm not playing this straight up because of where we are and because of the vibe here. I'm going to add a jazzy, 
uh, swinging touch to it. And he was absolutely just getting it on the mm-hmm. trumpet. And it was a beautiful, uh, very apropos 1950s jazzy version of... There's some do-si-dos and yeah. rainy birds in yes. there. And I it loved was, every second. It, it was a great version of the anthem. And we didn't tell people that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. We just said, you said, uh, gentlemen, please remove your caps. And Mark Warman, would you come up here? Mm-hmm. And he grabbed the trumpet and played for 122 players in dead silence. And it's like the whole valley heard it. Yeah. It, it was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, a very touching moment was when you had a moment of silence for your late father. That was, uh, wow, that was, that was unbelievable. Um, I also just want to say that the players were so respectful of what was happening you didn't need to tell them what was happening they took their hats off right away and they went silent for 10 seconds Mm -hmm. this is a group that wouldn't shut the hell up the night before Mm -hmm. and you could hear a pin drop it was it was an amazing tribute um and i mean you don't have to get into it if you don't want to but what was that like that moment i mean it had to happen um you know he uh he's been everyone you know and this was the first one he missed but in a lot of ways he was there more than ever before mm-hmm. you know and uh um it was i think it was great um it was a great tribute and uh i think the guys liked it you know um it that that's i think what separated this year from from years past is there was an emotional level to it all yeah um being my grandfather's anniversary and you know um a tribute to my dad um and it, it just it added an element to to the gathering that we haven't really had um, since uh, the ninth annual tournament when we celebrated my grandfather's passing. But uh, yeah, you know it's a it's a trip um, when I pull back and look at everything as a whole, you know, and and think about you know the first year they started it in '73 and and just where we are now, you know, and um, and. Uh, I know I'm making them proud, um, and you know our our physical bodies are here for a short time, and I think life's a test, and uh, we got to keep showing up and taking the tests and bettering ourselves, and I know we're doing that, and uh, I look forward to keep moving on. You well know? said. Yeah. So. The tournament was fantastic. We cruised around. We hung out with people. They got drunk. They played some great golf. They formed lifelong friendships. Every single group told me the same thing that they told you. These guys are now lifelong friends of mine. They had met the night before. Now they're playing golf together. They're friends. They're on group text. It's just such a great feeling. Uh, Trevor Baird of Trevor's at the Tracks told me that Trent Junkin, a guy that he had never met before, physically made him hurt because he was laughing so hard the entire yeah. time this is a guy who he's never hung out with and yeah. then he was like i had the best group ever yeah. and i'm like i believe you but about 20 other groups have told me they have the best group ever yeah. which was just awesome mm-hmm. and to cruise around and see everybody just having a great time with people they had just met very special to you and i because the plan worked Mm -hmm. we knew it was going to work but it required a level of trust in the players to spend the money make the drive and play with strangers and it paid off and it paid off because as we went to the ballroom for dinner as we're taking this chronologically now now it's dinner time uh where everyone sits down they're treated to a uh, mexican buffet and they sit down at the tables there weren't clicks no one went to go hang out with their foursome like in years past uh that whole group was mixing and it's just like they didn't want the party to end. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that was great. And 
you brought Palmer on stage and made your speeches holding your daughter. I got to imagine that felt pretty good. Yeah, it was, it was cool. I was stoked she wasn't scared, you mm -hmm. know. Um, but uh, we got some classic photos from Patrick, just her giving the stink eye, you know. And, right. Well, um, she's an angle, so she saw a microphone and she yeah. fell in love. Yeah, what are you gonna yeah, do? yeah, you know. And yeah, the, 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 the end of the night's, I think, probably the most special, you know. The awards, the banter, booing first place. Yeah. Um, it's, it's an interactive award ceremony. Yeah. In a lot of ways. And then the man burst boob or man burst man boobs, whatever you want to call it. Is um, that a shot at me? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whose man boobs are better, yours or my brother's, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but I heard you're on a diet and working on it, so good for you for that. Yep. You know, God hates a quitter. But, um, you know, anyways, you know, the, the awards dinner is awesome. Um, I, I look forward to that to the most every year. Um, this one was especially hard just because I, I shared a story of myself and my dad and my grandpa and um, it's hard it's not very often that I can't get the words out um, if you can believe that um, I'd like to think I did a good job but uh, yeah it was a it was a special one it's gonna be it's gonna be hard to top this year but you know you know I'm gonna try yeah and so absolutely and for the record, for everyone watching that was or wasn't there, you did tell me yesterday that this was the best one. Of 14 that have been thrown, you said this was the best one. Mm -hmm. And that's not to denigrate any of the there long time... There were some time... good ones too. Right. And that's not to denigrate the people that weren't there or to say that it was made better by the people there. It just had a different vibe to it that was downright special. And I want to stay on the awards dinner for a second. Let's talk about some of the winners um, who we can remember. Jordan Borad won Best Dressed. Mm -hmm. I know that meant a lot to him. He does run an account called Vintage Golfwear. Mm -hmm. So he won Best Dressed for wearing a Steve Elkington shirt, mm -hmm. which shows a lot about us to award somebody who wasn't wearing Nation for being Best Dressed. Mm -hmm. um, and congratulations, Jordan. You earned it. Um, G off Overstreet, Extreme, uh, Long Drive. Yeah, he probably cheated, but... Of course. Know, yeah. And first place was Colin Emery and three other sticks. Do you remember who was on that team? Was Colin? Not Colin Emery. No. Cole Eby. I Cole Eby. Uh, he had some sticks yeah. on there. Um, that kid Carly and... Uh, Carly uh, Gilchrist. Yeah, and God, I forgot the other guy's name. I know him. Um, he's a he's a business partner. He's one of my best friends. Um, anyway, sorry, I'm... Drinking scotch at nine in the morning. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, uh, that was cool. They got violently booed, which was you great. Know, last place was great. I think the uh, we had the lowest scoring last place team, and there was a card off for last place. Yeah, one of my favorite moments from the day um, is uh, in my peripheral. I see Paul Cox at the scoring table with my brother, and you know Paul Cox has run a million fucking tournaments. Right. You know, and. Uh, when I mentioned that, well, guys, you know, for last place, we actually had a card up. I saw him just like knee slap, belly laugh, like lean over, like what PGA pro has ever been in a ballroom watching a tournament speech go down and hearing about a card off for last place. Right. And then, I mean, that's got to be a first, you know, got to be a first. And it was for one under par. So, you know, the, the format proved for my grandpa famously said, and I'm, I'm going to butcher it, um, paraphrase here, but in his final 30th annual, he, he, put this beautiful book together in the invitations and it had like a 
like a gold cord binding to it, had all the past winners and then like a little little letter, you know, and yeah. and in the letter he said, you know, like when, when we came from our trip in Hawaii and started our scramble tournament, um, the scramble format was new to golf at the time, but we learned that it not only created a fun and competitive event, but by doing the team captain thing, it really, you know, coined the phrase to meet and enjoy the fellowship. Um, and it and it's true, you know, it, it, it made the field a little more competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, it made the winning score not so crazy low. Right. And it made the losing score a little better. Really damn good. You know, so there was a lot of guys right there, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's great. I mean, we've all been to them. You go to these, you know, money grab fundraisers and good for them. I know they're doing it for a good cause. We've been to a million of them, mm-hmm. you know, and someone comes in with like 29 under, you yeah. know, and these guys are up there and like, Everyone's just stiff as a board, and it's like you go home and like enjoy your box of wine. Like I don't, you know, right? Cool story. Yeah. Um, this isn't that, you no. know, and uh, and we're pr- we're we're proud of that, you yeah. know, and um, and that's not to dog on anybody, but you know what we do have is different and it is special, um, and we really really work hard at making it so. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just, man, I've always said this that my calendar year starts and ends with the nation desert classic and you know we're just recovering from new year's eve and yeah it's time to start planning the next one so right absolutely and shame on everyone who's like you should do a couple of these years it's like i would die right yeah you know? it's too much but it it also makes it more special that there's only one on yeah. that last place team uh a couple of our good friends and i apologize that we're not remembering everything that happened but uh shay uh tradewick 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 yeah tom Dang. evans tommy delescue and Ryan Preston. Yeah, what a team. Yeah, uh, great team. Yes. They had a ball. Um, and uh, I don't know how they shot so bad because Tommy's a hell of a player, but I know Tommy um, gets it. Yes. When it comes to the Nation Desert Classic. Right. And I'm sure he focused on fun yeah. over score. And it was really cool to see uh, Tommy De La Soul and Tom Evans just two weeks after we had seen them for four days in a mm-hmm. row at the Powwow. And it's like, here we are again back at the club. Yeah. What's going on? Uh, so, so that was great. I don't remember who won closest to the pin. Do you? Who? It's a great. I have no idea. Um, someone won it, and it was with uh, an old. Um, what was great? Every year I bring out an old set of blades mm-hmm. um, for Arnie's hole. Um, Number because, six. Because it's like if you're gonna win it there, or by God, get a hole in one one year, it better be with period correct equipment from yeah. Arnie's. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Uh, over the years, every set I bring out there, you know, they either get bent, stolen, broken, what have you. These guys, I mean, it's a bull in a china shop, this tournament, you know. Um, and I realized last minute that the old Arnie blades that I had were basically shot. Yeah. You know, because only three of the clubs really get used. We put the whole set out there. And uh, good friend Tyler Meadows, his dad, Walt, um, can't play anymore due to, like, age and health. But he was way into golf during the era that we love so much um and he gifted us all of his old stuff he's a huge fan of the show the brand i want to give a special shout out to to walt meadows um appreciate everything you you donated to us and and we used your um old ben hogan apex irons yeah for the uh um close to the pin and i spent some time on six during the day and and it's fun watching guys use old equipment with uh Sharp leading edges, no bounce, and a little extra loft. Yeah. Some slippery grips. Yep. You know, and a nice stiff steel shaft. Yeah. Um, there was some 
turf dug. Yeah, I bet. Um, on I that bet. tee box, and I was quick with the uh, sand seed fill. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you know, um, the club survived this year. Yeah. Um, which is great. And, uh, man, that was special. Him and his son uh, came to the rescue this year, and we got some good clubs on, out on that hole, so thank you to those guys. Um, and it just it's just more of a of a an example of how this family is a or this tournament is a family thing mm-hmm. um and everyone i think feels a part of it mm-hmm. just being there you know yeah um, and uh yeah it's uh i don't know who won it but somebody did well speaking of number six and speaking of family that's actually where my family and i went first we mm-hmm. went to number six we ate lunch out there into the tent patrick was with us uh, my kids were actually pulling clubs for players as they were coming through, so that was special. Cool. They were standing at the bag, giving them clubs. They were having a good old time. You put a two-year-old to an eight-year-old in a golf cart, and it's better than a trip to Disneyland. It was so much fun. My daughter Penelope was riding on my lap. I wasn't steering. I was yeah. like, hey, it's just like Crash Bandicoot racing at home yeah. on the PlayStation. Yeah, just yeah. have some fun. My wife had a great time. My son Johnny had a great time. You know, when kids are having a good time in 100-degree heat, it, it's a testament to how good of a time they're having because they don't even realize – how hot it is and and everyone was having a great time in the heat and and that was fun i was giving probably some of the worst advice on number six too players were like well what's the club here you know because it is the vintage blade and i think i was saying like you either got to step on a seven or baby a six and you came by later and you're like this is an eight iron at best yeah if you can hit it because mark warman came through and hit a beautiful eight iron right over the stick a little bit far but that's a player right there Mm -hmm. uh lars lewis also hit a great shot there Thick Gabagool hit one into the house about five yards forward and 20 yards left, which was very impressive. Um, and, yeah, so so that was a really good time. Um, let's wrap up the award ceremony and talk about the uh, man versus boob, which this year was a man versus man. Um, you decided, I don't know if it was on the fly or if it was premeditated, that you were not going to award a boob of the year you were going to do a man and a man. Well, yeah. I was going to award a boob had there really been one. You know, if someone wet their pants or crashed a golf cart, it's hard not to give that award away. Um, But, you know, the man was pretty much locked, and it was going to be a good friend of mine who's struggling with some health, and he was going to still make the trip because he didn't want to miss it. Um, But his... uh, um, medical treatments um schedule wouldn't wouldn't allow him to do it and that hurt both of us um because i really wanted to to he deserved it not just because of what he's gone through but because of his unwavering support of everything we do and the fact that he you know despite all odds against him he he was trying his absolute hardest to make it a point to just be there Mm -hmm. you know and and it killed me that he couldn't, and it was up until the last minute. And when he couldn't, obviously I was crushed. Um, but then I was also like, "Shit, what am I gonna do?" You know. And um, I literally was up on stage, and after um, talking about my dad, um, my brother caught my eye across the room. You know, and and I thought about everything that he's done this past year with everything that our family's been through and watching the man that he became and and how he stepped it to the plate and the fact that even though he moved states away he flies out um just for the weekend just to be with me in the cart alongside for the ride um 
it was it was well deserved you know and and obviously you know all the help behind the scenes that you have done and and the the weight you've taken off my shoulders for the planning of this tournament i think i even said it in the speech i said you know there were times where it's like you know you go on vacation and you just feel that you forgot something mm -hmm. it's like i was so unplugged from a, a, a few of my normal um tasks that it felt like i was forgetting stuff but you had it on lock and uh the the liberty and the freedom that came from from that was huge you know and and so it was just it was just fitting to to it just made sense um this year was a was a big celebration and um there really wasn't any room for although it's a you know lighthearted joke there wasn't really any room for any negativity mm. you know and um and boy did it deliver now that being said the man versus man boob playoff um sure could have been a little more exciting had you not wet the bed there oh, hang so on. you kind of deserved boob of the year mm -hmm. in a hang sense on. because of your play hang so on. We'll i get think to that. i think you know by by the awards yeah chronologically it was a co-man of the year thing but after the playoff it's almost like you weaseled back down into the boob category so i think on paper we'll still categorize you as the boob of the year i refuse to accept <laughs> it. i'm wearing a man of the year jacket i'm very proud of it i texted you that i'm very proud of it now i know that you like to inject humor into all of this stuff but i will tell you I'll, I'll tell you this so on a personal level uh when you recognized sean it it was just it was amazing you could feel the gravity of the situation he's your brother he's your best friend you guys have arguably gotten closer since your dad passed uh to do the podcast with you guys a couple of months ago was truly an honor and to spend time with sean is to spend time with one of the funniest nicest coolest individuals so it's a treat and you know, he's not a man of many words. I think when we taped that episode, he said like 10 words, but he didn't just him being on the couch with you talking about your dad. It, it meant everything the same way him just flying down to be in the cart with you means everything. The same way him standing on the tee box with his arms folded, not saying anything during the first tea ceremony means everything. He's a guy that has a presence without really saying anything. Mm -hmm. And how many people in your life do you know like that where they are, it's just, he's here. That's awesome. It makes everyone feel good. When you called him up, man, that was emotional. And the room gave him a standing ovation because, again, the same way nothing needed to be said during the moment of silence and people knew what to do, they knew what to do when you called Sean up. And when Sean came up, again, he didn't want to say anything. He passed on a speech because what does it say about a guy where it's like, I don't need to say anything enough has been said. That was great. And then... When you called me up, I mean, wow, that it meant everything to me because I have a younger brother, 15 months younger than me. Nice. Nice. I've done Did that you guys before. get that? Yeah. I've done that before. We'll make sure to cut to his Hold camera. Hold that Yep. Hey, the great thing about Nation Golf Shirts is they're technologically formulated so that cigar ash falls right off of that it. That is one of the big things that we send to the factories. Yeah, make yeah. sure that it's yeah. cigar repellent. Let's do a nice enzyme wash on this cotton so that all cigar ash just bounces deflects. off. Deflects. Yes, yeah. like the checks we're writing I mean, look, I look like I look great. Yes, you do. Anyways, what were you saying? Um, I have a brother 15 months younger than me, so our dynamic is the same as you and Sean. I'm the older one, he's the younger one in it. And 15 months? Yeah. 
We're Irish twins. You're pretty much twins. Yeah. My brother and I are six years apart. Okay, fair enough. But the dynamic is there of there's the older one, and there's the younger one, and then there's the best friendship. Like, you guys get each other better than anyone ever will. They mean more to you than anyone ever will. So, to be called up on stage and to be a part of the literal brotherhood meant everything to me because I could relate to it. I could relate to how that felt. And then also the fact that so much of it was based around your dad. I felt like I was being called into this extremely meaningful, intimate family moment. And it meant everything to me because family means everything to me. You mean everything to me. Nation means everything to me. Sean means everything to me. My dad and my brother mean everything to me. So when I started talking, I got choked up too because the moment was just so much. It was like, this is... It's incredible. I felt like I don't deserve to be up here, but my God, am I glad I am. And I'll tell you this. When we went out to play the Man v. Man, and we were walking down I mean, it's fairway. still called the Man vs. Boob playoff. When we were playing the Man v. Man, <laughs> and we were walking down, and it was just the three of us, it, I, I just, it was, it was emotional. There was a feeling there. Sean put his arm around me. You were smiling ear to ear. We went out there, and on any other day, I probably would have shit myself having to play golf in front of people, and I had been drinking for two days straight. I'm in a coat that's 10 sizes too big. It fits you pretty good. Well, thank you, uh, which is why I'm on a diet. And it was just cool to be on that side of things. You know, Everyone's up at the green, but you're down where the magic is happening. And I mean, I just want to tell you that it meant a lot to me. And I know that you like to joke about shit, but... I refuse to joke about it because <laughs> it was it, it, it meant everything to me. Family, nation, you, Sean, it, your dad, it was great. And now you're done. You don't ever have a chance to win it again. So right, and now I can just dick around and <laughs> go for the boob, you know. And, and yeah, don't make the man award become a curse, you know. Right. Don't, be, don't become lesser of man. Become a better man. There you go. You know um, shout out to Greg Dunlap, one of my favorite people in the world. Wonderful guest host. He won the man and the boob. He's the only winner of both. Yep. And what a great guy. I wish I got to spend more time with Craig, but Craig, um, he went, I wouldn't say out of his comfort zone, but he's a guy that's been playing with the same three people ever since. He played nine holes of golf. That's the most he's ever played in nine years. Yeah. But he was a great ambassador for the brand. Driving around in his cart, in his getup, being friendly with everyone. Love seeing Craig there. Only wish I got to spend more time with him. But let's talk about the playoffs. So the idea is 150 yards out. Sean and I each use one club, a seven iron blade, and first one in wins. You had given me a stroke uh, the first shot. And then you gave everyone else a stroke. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. 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 The, uh, the first shot that I took, uh, it took so much turf out of the ground that you said, without missing a beat, God damn it, Hawk, a coyote's going to sprain an ankle tonight. <laughs> And then said Indian Wells... Sometimes I surprise myself with the shit I think of. And then you said Indian Wells called they want their golf course back. Because I took about all of it with that. That was a massive divot. Yeah. Yeah, I never take them. So look at that. Uh, And the ball went about 20 yards. Yeah. And and I knew, like, right then, nothing special is happening for me here other than being a part of it. You did go bunker to bunker, which was a nice touch. Yeah, thank you. You know what I mean? Uh, Sean hit a peach up to the front of the green. He made four with one club from 150 out, which is pretty damn impressive. Yeah. he Almost as, press, as impressive as my 
performance at Lake Forest Golf Course mm-hmm. a few weeks back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where you beat me with one club. Yeah. Lost my mustache. Yeah. Um, but that was great. Uh, embracing with you guys afterwards was awesome. Um, I took my uh, Hirachis off to hit some bunker shots and got a lot of people who were very grossed out by my feet because I mm. have some long toes. Little eagle talons? Oh, yeah. Nice. And uh, people are like, damn, you got some long-ass toes, man. Those yeah. are some ugly-ass yeah, your feet. Your foot's a nine, but you wear 11 because of your toes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Tony Bacardi, for some reason, decided it would be a good idea to bet $1,000 on me winning that. It was a passion bet, um, and it should make you feel good because it was because of how he feels about you. It was ill-informed, not by how bad at golf you are, but how good at golf my brother is. Mm. Had he known that, he probably would have pulled back the reins on his bet a little bit. Right. Because um, had I heard him bet a thousand bucks, I would have been like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Exactly. You know. And what does it say you to probably you? Sh- you probably needed three strokes mm-hmm. against my brother. In all honesty. Well, and I still would have lost by one. Yeah. I made an eight, he made a four. So <laughs> I, I would have lost by and one. And there's the handicap system. Shout out to the SCGA. Yes. You know? Yeah. Southern yeah. California Adam Golf Association. Adam's alma mater. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so one other thing I do want to talk about is I have completely gotten over my fear of playing golf. I don't believe people. that one nope, bit. No, I really have. Yeah, I, don't I really have. And Well, in three or four years, I'll invite you back out to the powwow and we'll find out. Okay. Well... I was hoping in three or four months I would get my invite to that, uh, but we'll see. You know, go ahead, take another guy out there for four days, see yeah. if they're cool enough to hang out with for a week. Yeah, well. Anyway, so uh, that fear is gone. I don't care anymore. I really don't care because I have finally come. What to- is there to care about? Exactly, and I finally come to terms with it, and it's freed me up completely. If anything, with as competitive and self-centered as most golfers are now, you playing bad only makes them feel better. Right. So they're not judging you like, oh man, you should be better at this. They don't give a shit. Yeah. If anything, they want to see you duff it. Right. You know what it I makes mean? Them so better. all you're doing is just helping people. Yeah. By playing like shit. As so- the sooner one lets go of mm-hmm. his expectations and poor demeanor mm. on the golf course, the closer you are to Nirvana. Exactly. You know what I mean? Nice one. All right, so we've both spilled yeah, we cigar both ash on ourselves. Let me also say this, too. I am I'm not annoyed or frustrated, but I'm absolutely done with people telling me, you own a golf company, you work for a golf association, you should be better at golf. Why don't you listen to what you just said? I have two jobs and two kids, yeah. and I'm not sitting at the damn practice range all day trying to get better. I play less golf than anyone who works in the golf space. Yeah. I'm sorry. We're busy here. Yeah. And you know what? Golf is a fucking hard game. I'm not going to apologize for not being good at something that has literally melted down professionals before. I'm out there for a good time, and that's it. And if you want to say, hey, you should be better at this because you work in golf, I don't... I, I, I'm done caring about that. The worse you are, the better your one good shot feels. And there you go. Yes, well said. Well said. So, the tournament wraps up. Man versus man is over. Uh, everyone decides to hang out on the green for another two it's hours. It's the best part. It's the best part. Under the under the starlight, they light up the ma- mountains at Indian Wells. It's just the arrogance of man. Mm. I love every second of it. Um, it's literally Disneyland. Yep. You know, it'd be like going on the Indiana Jones ride 
And then when you're done, they're like, all right, we're going to shut this down. Everyone grab a cocktail and go lay down next to the big, you know. Matterhorn. Yeah, you yeah. know, like, let's just have some fun. Right. And, and man, there's a big release. I, every year, I just I kick the shoes off. I lay down in the cool grass, and I just stare up and, and try to shake some hands and stuff. But we have a picture of that. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's a tradition, and, and, man, does it feel good, yeah. you know. It's like getting grounded, you know. And, yeah. Um, it's just a, it's a beautiful end to a to a long, hard, wonderful day. Yeah, absolutely. So, the common refrain that we heard from everyone was, "Thank you, best event I've ever been to. Can't wait to come next year." Which the first two things are true. The third thing, we are entering into an era of struggle by ways of invites and entries yeah it's going to be hard um the demand is high you know we sell this event out in 30 seconds once the few final public spots become public yep unlike a lot of uh events that say this is going to sell out fast yeah and um, keep saying it over and yeah, over again for weeks um ours does by the grace of God, and uh, and it's a big thanks to everyone who who's involved. You know, the just like golf in itself, it'd be golf would would be a shell of itself if it was something that you went and played by yourself. You know, the fact that golf is so special is that you go and play with other people, and until you realize that that's the special part, you're really missing it. You know, mm. our guys don't miss that. Right. You know, everyone who comes to the Nation Desert Classic knows how special it is because it's about the guys. Yep. You know. And this is a tournament that celebrates the fellowship, it celebrates manhood, it celebrates everything that used to be celebrated in being a man in this day and age. And uh, people come, they taste it, and they want more. Mm. And that demand is going to create a, a problem. It's going to be hard for us to navigate how to make everyone happy, and quite frankly, we're not going to be able to. Um, we're going to work hard at trying to fulfill that those problems. Mm. Um, but it's an obstacle and uh, we're going to have to figure a way to do our best yeah. and, and that's all we can do um, you know there's a lot of guys who made it out this year for the first time and that was very exciting that being said there was a lot of core group people who've been doing this tournament for over a decade who couldn't make it this year who were still owed an invitation and that's going to create a situation, yeah. you know. Um, so, you know, I I pray for everyone's patience and understanding in uh, in knowing that you know we have a, a a tough job ahead of us. And like I said, and I'll keep saying, we're going to do our best. Um, and you know what? Can't make everyone happy. We apologize for that. But you know, hopefully, uh, we can uh, just celebrate those who can be there that year and yep. you know if you if you miss out um you know there's there's hopefully next year and uh you know hopefully we can add more fun events but uh you know i've always l been taught and i've learned from my grandfather that if you take care of the guys the guys will take care of you you know and um if you do make it there just know that we're going to do our best to take care of you and uh that's pretty much it well and here's the fact of the matter uh, the field was intentionally reduced from 144 to 120 this year, and we don't see any reason to go back to 144. We would love for 24 more people to be able to go. 
but the cost of that is that the play is a lot slower. So the quality of the event goes up by reducing the field. So 120 feels like the magic number right now. That means the field is smaller than it's ever been before. As you mentioned, there are people that weren't there this year that are definitely on the VIP list for next year. And another thing is, you know, to take everyone behind the scenes is, yes, there are people that have been involved 5, 10, 14 years who get the invitation before the general public. So while we wish that everyone could come, it is the nature of it. If everyone comes, it's at the expense of the quality of the event. The event takes precedent, the core group after that, and then we try to include as many people. And that's not to say that anyone is, you know, more likable, more friendly, more important than other people. It's just this event has always been about taking care of the people that have taken care of us, and it will continue to be that way. So we hope everyone can come. Sign up when the signups come out, and I think as the years go on, uh, the public invites will be less and less simply because that group of VIPs keeps growing and growing. And we met a bunch this year of people yep. that are going to get invites before everyone yep. else. Um, as we wrap up, I did want to say this. Um, the kids and wives being there, and you touched on this earlier, was one of the most special parts. Um, it's funny, our favorite parts... <laughs> You know, I mentioned check-in, you mentioned the dinner, now we're talking about the kids and wives. None of it has to do with the golf. I've always felt the golf speaks for itself as Indian Wells Country Club. We don't need to sell you the golf. The yeah. golf is going to be great. The golf is an excuse to get there. Exactly. But looking out and seeing 15 kids on the hill on 18 after dinner, rolling down it, having fun, chasing each other in the bunkers, just laughing their hearts out, and the wives mixing it up with each other and other guys, it... It's not bullshit. This is a family event. Right. Monson, last year's man of the year. Um, him and his beautiful wife and his, and his beautiful family. He s sends me videos of his son at the driving range, you know. And uh, we were talking afterwards briefly about, like, he's like, isn't it crazy? I mean, like, one of these days soon, Vaughn's going to be in this thing. Yeah. You know? And that's crazy to think. I was a grandson of the original tournament. Right. And I played in the last seven of them. Mm -hmm. Put that into perspective real quick, you know. Um, hopefully, God willing, I have a lot more years in the tank. And, uh, you know, I would love to continue to build this legacy so that it outlives any physical form that I have on this world. Um, but, uh, you know, there's an opportunity here for not only our sons to play in this but theirs as well yeah which you is know? incredible so that's i think something great to end this on yep um and uh i want to thank everyone who listened to this who have no idea what the hell we're talking about uh, but a special thanks to those who enjoyed um, themselves supported us came out um everyone behind the scenes from patrick to justin um working the cameras and documenting the day uh, the classic gals checking everyone in. The wonderful staff at Indian Wells. Um, our growing board of governors. I know there's only a few of us that take funny photos, but there's a lot more people who actually help out. And uh, it takes an army, and more importantly, it takes a family. Absolutely. To run a tournament like this. And so, cheers to you, Adam. Um, and your water in a cocktail glass, because he's off the sauce. He wants to be swimming in this jacket even more. But uh, it was a great year. We looked to many more. And uh, thanks for listening. 
the rest of these silly shows will be uh, right on cue um, in a short time. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's well it. said. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Boom. Nice. Nice <laughs> outro. Yeah. That was sick. Yeah. Good job.